0: This is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hey, Jim. How are you? I'm good, Kimberly. And guess what? I just came back from Seattle. And while I was there, I went to the original Starbucks store at the Pike Place Market.
1: You did. Uh,
0: Well, surprise, surprise. (laughs) I had some guests with me. And everybody who goes to Seattle, it seems to me, everybody, anyway, wants to go to that first Starbucks store. Because Starbucks has become such a global brand. Yes. One thing that struck me as I was there just a couple days ago are the lines of people from China and Japan (laughs) to visit that first Starbucks store. Because Starbucks is not just an American phenomenon, Mm -hmm. it is a global phenomenon. That's right. And these weeks on Viewpoint, we're talking about some lessons we might learn from our local Starbucks store. You've visited a few Starbucks in your day, haven't you? I've
1: spent a minute or two at a Starbucks. I think they
0: know you by name (laughs) at the one down the street. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those life lessons that anyone can find if you look carefully at your local Starbucks. We'll be right back. Now, let's just say up front, we're not here to promote Starbucks per se. They don't Uh, need us. They don't need (laughs) us. There's that. But also, you know, like anything, it could have some controversy. People have different views about whether the coffee's really that good, or is it worth the money? Or maybe they have a political frame through which they look at Starbucks. And it's chief organizer, not exactly the founder of Starbucks, but the guy who really led it to become a global phenom, Howard Schultz, is a controversial figure. And we're not here to talk any of that up per se. But there are some things that are going on in a Starbucks store that really speak about life. And I think there there are things that we could all learn. One of the guys who's been on the Starbucks executive team, he's now retired, but spent many years with them, is named Howard Bahar. And he wrote a book called It's Not About the Coffee, Lessons on Putting People First from a Life at Starbucks. And uh, he was in charge of their international set of stores. So there is the domestic set in the United States. And this Howard Behar was charged with helping build Starbucks out beyond the United States. Okay. That gave him a front row seat at the culture and the development of the whole company. And in his book, he reflects about how it's not really about the coffee. Now, this is his journey, his assessment. Right. But that it was really about people. And putting people first is the key to success at Starbucks. Mm. Now, I'm sure there's some people who work at Starbucks that might think differently. There may be some people <laughs> who visited a Starbucks that thought, they didn't put me first at the cashier line. But there are still some principles. And he articulates right. them in the book. And it's been a fascinating read. I've been going through it with a group of uh, young leaders myself. And yeah. it's been a little bit of a book club. And we found it very great reading. And one of the things that he talks about in his fourth chapter of the book is about care like you really mean it. In other words, mm. develop a culture of caring. He sees this as integral to a Starbucks culture. I love that. That people have to be cared for. So, Kimberly, you go to Starbucks because I know you love coffee. You know, I, I know do. you love some of the product lines they offer. I do. Do you go because they're cold and you feel like you're <laughs> just like a nobody? Or is there something there? Is there a, a, a relationship that develops? What would yeah, you say?
1: Yeah, it's, it's that place where everybody knows your name. It's my place. It's my stop in the morning they know what I drink, they know my kid, they know what he orders. So it's that familiarity, it's that connection. And they, they have cared enough, I guess you would say, to get to know me a little
0: bit. And of course, if you're a regular customer anywhere, sooner or later you'll probably be recognized. But there's something about the intersection that happens at Starbucks because you're you're giving an order, they're taking your name often to place on the cup. There's just a little bit of a of a motif there that Mm -hmm. helps build a bridge. And of course, in the employee base or the staff base at Starbucks, presumably, Howard Bihar would be hoping that the Employees felt like they were cared for by the company and for each other and so on. And that's part of the reason that Starbucks works. I know some people who don't even drink coffee. Oh, I'm talking about myself, (laughs) who like to go there because it becomes a comfortable and a safe place to meet others and to know and be known. Yeah. Bahar wrote this in his book about caring. He said, lead with your heart and then with your head. Love and trust are the universal motivators. And there's no trust without caring.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was thinking about leading with your heart and then your head. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a business or if you're at home or if you're at an athletic event or wherever you are, you're going to be related to people around you. Right. There are very few moments when we're absolutely alone. And when we do that, if we really want to influence them or have any impact, think first about leading with your heart, which means lead with the way in which you feel Right. And experience that other person before you try and analyze or size them up or make a judgment. That's your head in play. Right. Allow your heart to lead into the conversation, the relationship.
1: That's just so counter-cultural. That's so antithetically what you would hear from some sort of corporate mogul. So it just strikes me that this is a hallmark or value of this particular company i mean it it sounds like a value of the kingdom a value of the church right
0: it should be and in fact bahar goes on to say that caring sometimes is about telling the truth and love another biblical premise yeah uh, but that's even when the truth is hard in other words he is saying that in their management system they don't wait for periodic reviews to say man could you just yes. change that a little bit because there's a currency in the relationship, they always want it to be clean. And that caring for someone is being authentic with someone and not allowing things to store up and brew, to use a pun for Starbucks, (laughs) to brew inside of you negatively, (laughs) that you want to keep the relationship clean. And so you, you don't just blurt out everything, of course, Mm -hmm. but You have a a commitment Mm -hmm. to being authentic and honest with the people with whom you work because you care about them, not because you're trying to prove a point or demonstrate that you were right, but because you care about them. And in the same way, of course, caring requires... Acknowledgement of what's good around you. Mm-hmm. So, man, if you if you made that hot chocolate, so I don't do coffee, but I get hot chocolate <laughs> at Starbucks. I do because do? they use real milk. Uh-huh. They put some whipped cream on uh-huh. it, and it's foamed up, and it's just delicious. I'm a fan. And when that cup of hot chocolate is especially good, then affirm that. Thank right. you for doing that. In the same way that I love these chocolate-covered graham crackers they sell at Starbucks and at my local Starbucks, which mm-hmm. you also yes. uh, are a regular. Yes. They know me. And when I walk in sometimes now, they'll look up and they'll say, uh-oh, oh, oh, we've got to get a new box open. We see you coming. <laughs> but Amen. then I want to say thank you. Right. Thank you so much for knowing me and caring about me. And that's mm-hmm. generally what I experience there. And I keep going back for it.
1: word we use for that in ministry studies is you know, relational leadership. That idea that you are you know, with and for the people around you and you lead in such a way that you're connected and compassionate and showing up for the people who serve with you. And it really does um, create a different culture in any kind of environment, in your home, in your workplace, in your church.
0: Can we really influence anyone who doesn't think that we love them mm-hmm. and care for them? Well. No surprise to you, Kimberly, but guess what? I've connected this thought to a passage in the Bible, a Jesus story, and you're going to think it most implausible, the story I'm going to pull out of the text, but I want to Mm -hmm. introduce you to how these ideas actually are modeled in an unusual way by Jesus himself. As you're listening to our program today, you may have a thought or a question, a comment you want to share. We want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you, and we have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week toll-free number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. Let us hear from you. I'll give you the number again at the close of our broadcast, but just know this, your voice is important to us. Kimberly, we're talking about some lessons from our local Starbucks, I've been walking through a book called It's Not About the Coffee by a man named Howard Bahar, who has for many years been a member of the Starbucks executive team, and he's been talking about caring and how at Starbucks they want to create a culture of caring because they see that as a doorway through which everything else that is good can walk. And as I was thinking about that, I was reading through the Gospel of John, and I found this story, which I've read many, many times, but I saw it with fresh eyes. It's a story about Jesus walking on the water, and you might think, well, what's that have to do with caring for other people? But actually, when I got into the details, when I put myself in the boat with the disciples who were in grave jeopardy, I realized how caring Jesus was and the lengths to which he would go to care for those who were close to him. The story is told in John chapter 6, beginning with verse 16. Kimberly, what does it say?
1: That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell, Jesus still hadn't come back. So they got into the boat and headed across the lake to Capernaum. Soon, a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when they suddenly saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination.
0: It's an extraordinary story, Kimberly. I mean, Jesus is walking on the water. That's the showstopper. (laughs) And there's so much we could talk about with that supernatural manifestation Mm -hmm. of his presence and power. But just set that to the side for a moment. And let's put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples.
2: Yes. As
0: the story unfolds, they're simply going about their ordinary business. It's a regular day. They're going to travel from point A to point B. They're fishermen. They have a boat. Right. That's the fastest way in their world at the time. They're accustomed to being on that lake, the Sea of Galilee, which is really a big freshwater lake. Mm -hmm. And they're just doing their ordinary stuff. It's just like all of us do, isn't it? I mean, we get in our cars and go somewhere. We come home in the evening or we get on public transportation. We're moving about. It's not necessarily wrong or it's not necessarily a noble calling. It's just the way we roll. It's just ordinary life. But then... For them as for us, something mm-hmm. intervenes. There's the unexpected. They find themselves in a desperate moment that they did not anticipate. They weren't looking forward, but suddenly there's a storm. Yeah. And what to do? Kimberly, you've been on the Sea of Galilee with me. Yes. And you know that storms can
1: quickly in intervene yes. on a
0: otherwise beautiful day right there. Mm-hmm. How come?
1: Well it's it's a place where it's Easy for the winds to roll down off the hills and sort of settle on the lake, and it happens very frequently. I remember; I think I've been, we've been there two times when it rained on our little tour. Parade. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it comes and it goes, just uh, in the blink of an eye. It can be beautiful, and then it can be stormy.
0: It sits in a bowl of of mountains, really, yeah. and hot, humid air from the Mediterranean comes in from uh, the west, and there's cold air that sweeps down Mm -hmm. from the mountains inland on the east and it converges on this little bowl of water and creates all kinds of turbulent weather and it's sudden and that's what they're experiencing but that's life isn't it for all of us everything's fine on the road and all of a sudden there's an accident or everything's fine in your office but somebody has a meltdown or yeah we're accustomed to dealing with crisis but when you're dealing with a crisis sometimes you can feel so alone Yeah, And this is where the part of the story intersects for me with the caring chapters in the Starbucks book. Because what we find is Jesus walking on the lake, and this is the part I'd never noticed before, toward the boat. Mm. I'd read that before, but I guess I kind of thought of Jesus as kind of walking by. But he actually was walking toward them. He yeah. was moving to meet them. Yeah, he good. was caring for them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I see somebody else in a storm, I think I'll just stay on the shore. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> If there's a crisis, I'm not sure I want to get involved. If someone else is flailing, well, maybe somebody else would be better equipped to do it. Not that Jesus guy.
2: Mm-hmm. He
0: is walking toward them, and they're terrified. Yeah. I mean, that's what the story tells us. Yeah. Their condition, their mental state is deteriorating in the terror of the moment, in the uncontrolled nature of the moment, and also seeing Jesus uh, in a place that they did not expect him and they couldn't imagine. How could he be there on the water? How can that be? All of it is a is a prescription for the unanticipated, the unexpected, the unknown, which strikes us as fear.
1: This is a pivotal point, Jim, the fact that, you know, we know Jim, that, that Jesus will speak to the waves and the wind and he could have done that on the shore, but what you're pointing out here is So powerful because what he decides to do, the way he decides to deal with or enter into the crisis, is to get out there with them, to to get into it with them. Yeah, and that's a relational move. That's a that's a caring decision.
0: There's no doubt in those disciples' minds about who cares for them in the moment Mm. and who can help them through the crisis. Mm -hmm. And that is the way of Jesus, isn't it? That's right. He comes alongside. He is present because he cares so much. You know, you can speak from a distance, but there's no substitute for being there. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you have someone you care for, you want to come alongside as close as you can. We're not always able to do what Jesus did in moving from point A to B, walking on the water, for instance, but we can certainly do what we can to be present. This is what the guy's talking about in Starbucks, but actually, it's not his idea. Yeah. It's a New Testament idea. It's about Jesus being present. And when... He is there. He says, don't be afraid. I don't am with afraid. you. In other words, yeah. you're not alone. We're going to get through this together. It's going to be okay. And when they saw how much he cared, look at what the Bible says. They were eager to let him yeah. in the book. They weren't so afraid anymore. You know, get in here. Yeah. Come in with us. Because when someone cares for you, you want to pull them closer. That's right. That's the way of life. That's the nature of our hearts. And that's what we should be. I want to draw people closer to me who i know care for me in the same way i'm hoping i can prove my caring Mm
2: -hmm. in such
0: a way that they want to draw me into their circle too and that's where life is found in abundance that's what jesus promised life in abundance it's not a solitary life it's a life where you are cared for and caring and consequently drawn into the boat with others where you can really experience the wonder of life and relationship in the way God intended. Oh, and to be in that boat with Jesus, come on, that's what we all hope for.
1: Yeah, because the storms are going to come, you know, the crisis of the moment, the the accident on the road, the phone call that changes your life, the health diagnosis that changes your plans. But this, this statement, this here, don't be afraid, I'm here, that's the stuff, like— this Jesus is with us and for us, in it and through it. And that's, that's the comfort.
0: And that can be the greatest expression of caring. I am here. Where are you today? We're not sure what your journey is. We're not sure what you're facing. Maybe you're sailing out of sea and you see storm clouds coming up. Maybe everything seems calm right now. Maybe your day is perfect. But there's someone around you in a storm. How do we care for one another? How do we feel like we're cared for? We want you to know wherever you are, whatever your circumstance, Jesus wants to come alongside. He will not force his way into your boat, but man, if you want to invite him in, he's there. If you want to invite him to come close by, he's there. He's walking toward you right now. Let him be present. And as he is present, let him care for you and then learn to care for others. How do you get there? What to do? Well, first of all, you just ask him. That's what we do when we pray. Praying is talking to God, and you can pray with us right now. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for Jesus Christ the Lord. Yes, that same Jesus who walked on the Sea of Galilee, who's still active and present in the world today. We're thankful that you have proved your love for us by sending him right alongside, and that he is the very expression of your love to us. We're thankful for the way in which Jesus is present and can be even closer so as we invite him to ride with us. We're thankful that he cares so deeply. And as we feel his caring, Lord, help us to care for others around us. May we follow in his footsteps, and his model, and be present for others, too, when they need that extra level of care. We're thankful, Lord, that we can pray to you and ask right now that you will come alongside and care for us. May we sense your presence and may we supernaturally know how much we're loved and cared for by you. And I pray that you will melt our hearts with this truth Mm. so that we will care for others in the same way. We ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. this number again, please give us a call. If you prayed with us or just want to share your thoughts or if you'd like us just to be present, call us up. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone, a live voice, waiting to hear from you. Kimberly, if someone didn't want to call but would like to just check us out online, maybe even send us an email, where could they go?
1: can visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org and send us a message and we'll respond.
0: That's right, CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are, cbhviewpoint.org. Or if you prefer, at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But however you reach out by phone, online, or by the post, please let us hear from you this week. Kimberly, we care for you. You know that.
1: Ah, and I care for you, everyone here.
0: We believe that, and we care for you listening today, too. Thanks so much for coming alongside, for tuning in. We hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue to unpack a few more lessons you might learn at your local Starbucks and, oh yeah, matching that with the Scripture for all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.